This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. It's Monday, December 19th, 2005. I'm Molly Wood, author of CNET's Buzz Report. Thank God. <laughs> I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNET's The Real Deal. And, and Veronica. And Veronica. Our and Veronica. Here. <laughs> Molly's been gone so long, she doesn't remember the format. Well, my headphones yeah, were turned down. Right I know. My headphones were turned down, too. I was like, I, I feel weird. I can't hear. And I haven't been here in like seven days. Um, welcome to Buzz Out Loud, seeing its podcast of indeterminate length featuring producer Veronica. There we go. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Hooray. So how was your trip? <laughs> wow. Okay. Man. That's all. I think that's all we need. To Let know. me put it this way. Five airplanes, seven days. <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> it was nuts. But and, I have really developed a new appreciation for JetBlue and the direct TV. Yeah. It yeah. saved your life. It's all about TV. And I'm now completely hooked on Project Runway. <laughs> So you were what? You were in Bravo, Boston, Tampa, Washington D.C. Where? Anywhere else? I was in Boston twice. Uh huh. Boston, Tampa, Boston, Washington D.C. Wow. And then here, yeah. So I got in at roughly three a.m. this morning, and I think that was whatever six a.m. East Coast time. Uh huh. I don't know. (laughs) I'm a little. I'm tired. Molly's in her own time zone. Molly standard time. I had a good time. It was a, it was a good trip, an interesting tour of many um, local radio stations. Did you or see TV any, stations? Did rather. you see any Xbox 360s? <laughs> no, I did not. Because nobody else can either. Because I did not go to Japan. Story on news.com today about the fact that it's almost impossible to find an Xbox 360 on a shelf right now. Even games are apparently hard to find. But in Japan, not a, no problem. No problem. Yeah, yeah they're everywhere this, in Japan. I saw the story a couple times in various hotels on CNN headline uh-huh. news. <laughs> Yeah, and they think this is kind of interesting. the The speculation is that it's nationalistic pride in Sony, ah. and that they're so loyal to that brand and to PlayStation mm-hmm. that they're not having any of this Xbox 360. Especially stuff. because Molly attacked Sony so hard with the DRM. <laughs> well, not just Molly, the, all, the the entire world. Yeah, so. come on. <laughs> I'm not a one woman. I just no. I felt like you were leading the charge, though. Ah, thanks. I tried. Um, well, it's interesting because there is a story on Mobility Today about a possible second or in, uh, what am I trying to say ongoing another, another instance ongoing Best Buy bait and switch he says that he got a Best Buy flyer that says that they have a really good sale going on for with various things and that they have Xbox 360s in stock so apparently Dave from Mobility today went down there lined up they got in and Best Buy immediately said the, all the Xbox 360s are sold out but we have a great deal on a compact laptop for only 449 now, it's not quite bait and switch the way the earlier reports were that at, an, at a store in, I think, in Oregon, right? Right. That they had said, hey, we have Xbox 360s. And then they went out and said, oh, I'm sorry, folks. We don't have Xbox 360s on their own as we advertise, but we have them in $1,000 bundles. What's going on here is they're saying we don't have Xbox 360s at all, but we've got other stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think that this story makes it at, at least I don't think it's bait and switch because it sounds like people showed up and they did have some. Mm-hmm. You know, they just only had two or three. They just only had two or three, which is not surprising. And then they ran out quickly, and then they were pimping laptops, which of course they were doing. Yeah. So I don't think this is quite bait and switch, but um, it is a little. I don't know. Whatever. One thing that doesn't look like uh, they did. You know what? This is just normal. They should have gone out into the line and said, "Hey, you know what? We got three. So everybody right. after this guy, it, not getting you know, one. You can leave. You're you're not promised one. So stay if you want in case he has a heart attack and before you go in the store. And but. FYI, on the slight possibility that you're interested in something else, we have this Here's compact laptop. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't. It is not surprising that a store would then start to to pimp their own stuff. Yeah, that's pretty know. normal. But still, they, they because of the earlier yeah um, 
hoopla. Basically, if you're going to get an Xbox 360 and it's not in Japan, maybe Best Buy is not your best bet. Or just a ticket to Japan. Hey, there you go. Maybe Best Buy should give people in line free tickets to Japan. I think so. Japan is cool. (laughs) And not just for the Xboxes. Uh, Microsoft, makers of Xbox 360, (laughs) uh, haven't backed out of that market, but they have backed out of one. Veronica, you you heard about this, right? Yeah, they're not doing uh, Internet Explorer for Mac anymore. They're dropping it. Dropping it like it's not hot. But this is old news, though. This happened, they announced it a while ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I think it's oh, just it's a, in June. It's or that the support is going away on December 31st. Yeah, because right. we did talk about it on the podcast, but and it's sort of a reminder. It's a reminder that as of December 31st, you will no longer get support for IE for Mac. And it is kind of a non story, except that we've spent so much time talking lately about um, the kind of cocktail of browsers that you have to use to get any decent kind of web experience on the Mac. And so this is just one less mixer. I and, say, meh. Yeah. yeah, what do you use? I use Firefox on the Mac, and I use Firefox and Safari. Okay, I have to admit it was pretty rare that I would have to load IE to get something to work. It depends on what it was, but most of the stuff that wouldn't work either in Firefox or in Safari then just wasn't then was just something that wasn't ever going to work on the Mac in the first. place. And you can continue to use your old Internet Explorer; it just won't be supported anymore. So, right, you know, if there are patches or things that need to happen, it won't happen. Although that's less of an issue on a Mac anyway. Yeah, and also really IE for Mac. Oh. oh, it's so ugly. Bloated. Too. I know. I mean, of all the things that we've that I, <laughs> I have said about Safari and Firefox, <laughs> IE for Mac is unusable. It's practically bigger than OS ten. Unusable. So uh, but speaking of browsers, in the Google World Domination Watch, uh, there's a rumor out there. We got emailed from Charlie D that Google would buy Opera. Oh, because there's been all this talk about Google partnering with Firefox and right. doing Google Fox. But uh, this rumor in The Guardian says that there's a French site that says that a deal has been made for Google to buy Opera and then turn Opera into a Google browser. Interesting. Hmm. You have to be able to read French to really understand it. Well, also... uh, From the mechanical translation using Google's own (laughs) translation in The Guardian Post, it says that this info needs to be taken with precaution. (laughs) Aw. Over at the Opera Watch blog, however, an Opera official outright denied this claim saying rumors come and go, Google is not buying Opera. And then he went, right now. <clears throat> right. <laughs> but we wish they would. <laughs> Today. Google is not buying Opera this minute. It seems like, you know, Opera, they're totally scrappy and they have so much pride in their browser, but it actually seems like that could be a great thing to happen to them. It, it really would be, I think. It would I mean, almost I know be they, the best thing. They want to win on their own merits, but. They're just so, but they're so overlooked. Like they just have a mindshare problem. Even though they are a good browser. And it already has an O, and, you know, Google likes to play with the O's in the middle of Google. Yeah, Guapra. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? Uh, We have some evil, possible evil Google behavior uh, on the way, as well as more on ISP's race to degrade your internet service and your voicemails and emails coming up in a sec. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service, too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. I think the story is very interesting. So there were there's the report that came out on Friday that said that Google was in talks, in pretty serious talks, it sounded like, to buy the 5% stake in AOL. Yeah, the reports have been continuing to make it look like it's all but a done deal. Right. 
Uh, but Preston Grala says on his blog, networkingpipeline.com, that a little known part of the deal is that Google has agreed to a link scheme in which they would give AOL preferred placement in their search result links, but would not label them as advertising in any way, even though, as Preston points out, they clearly are ads. And this is a link scheme that Microsoft, when they were in the same talks, refused to do and called unethical. So this would be in the main search engine area, not in the little grayed out stuff that shows up above yes. or or in the AdSense stuff to the right. Right. It this, would be preferred placement for AOL's videos in the video search, okay. Google's oh, new video, video search video site. Search. And in addition, Google will li- include links to AOL videos on the Google video homepage. So it's video specific. It's okay. not like you would get... In every search result, AOL stuff okay, first. Okay, that's the part that I missed. Yes. That it was just for video. It was so just it's about not, video. I don't, yeah, I should have made that clear from the mm. get-go because I don't want to inflame people completely. Nevertheless, though, it's a slippery slope. Like once you start sneaking in what are essentially sponsored links into your search results, even if for now it's only video, video is just going to become bigger and bigger on the web. Right. And you're t- you are polluting the well. You're poisoning the well of your search results. At this point. Well, and this is interesting to me. I mean, for, on the one hand, you could see a company saying, hey, they're a partner of ours. Mm-hmm. It's just putting our own content up. It's not advertising. It's, no, no, no. It's preferred placement, though. Well, for, for some, you know, for a part of your own company. You don't do that. Well, not if you're I'm a just search saying. engine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I'm not, I'm not saying that's right, but I can see a company doing this. It's really surprising to see Google do this. And right now, if you go to Google Video Search, you get. Random and popular on the page. Mm-hmm. So are they going to spike those results? Are they going to make the popular stuff be more popular if it's AOL? Possibly. Yeah. I mean, they're getting... It, all it says at this point is that the New York Times said they will give AOL preferred placement. So it's unclear how they'll implement it, but they will not be labeled as ads. And that is not good. Would it be preferred placement of AOL video that's the same as video that would come up otherwise and you're just getting the stream from AOL? Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be... Less, I mean, it's it's all gradations of evil, but it, it, yeah, it's it's not good. Maybe evil's too hard of a. Basically, word, if you're getting search results and it includes preferred placement for something and it's not labeled that way, then you can't trust those search results anymore. I'm just saying that if it's the same video either way, mm, yeah, but I doubt it is. As a user, I may not care. I, I, to me, yeah, who knows? To me, you can no longer trust those results. Uh, the devil needs an advocate, Molly, <laughs> and I'm here to fill that. That job. is sweet of you. <laughs> I admire your commitment to it is pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing that Microsoft would flat out refuse to do this kind of thing. I know. And, and then Google would. But I know. I, let's wait and see more details because there's got to be more to this story. Uh, Carl Icahn, <laughs> the hope. investor of, uh, of fame in the 80s, who was, I believe he was thrown in jail. I know he was charged. Infamy. Um, he, uh, he wants to derail Google's AOL bit. He's saying, uh 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 uh, this is bad. I am a shareholder of Time Warner and I do not want AOL to be have a I do not want Google to have a stake in AOL. It's pretty interesting. He says it it would be quote disastrous and short-sighted. Maybe he wants to buy AOL himself. Maybe he says it, he's looking at a recent it, according to the news.com story, he cited a recent Goldman Sachs report that said eBay and Interactive Corp would be the best partners to provide incremental benefits to AOL and that Microsoft's MSN and Google would be the worst. Yeah, he only owns 3% of Time Warner shares. So mm-hmm. he's he's got a lot. Of, he's got an uphill battle. He's got to convince a lot of other people to believe the way he believes. Yes, and he wants to have an all-out war. I yeah, I don't know. I don't. I get. It's not clear to me why he thinks it's the worst, but I don't know. Yeah, 
Uh, more on the ISPs uh, trying to create a two-tiered internet. We've talked about the, uh, this a lot, where Bell South and AT&T were saying that they would create a faster internet for companies that pay them to mm-hmm. be on this faster internet, uh, charge people more for faster internet, which that's not a problem, but but making companies pay more to get on the faster internet, we find a problem. There was a Slashdot posting of an article from Michael Geist pointing mm-hmm. to a wide range of examples of this in practice or, or of ISPs wanting to do this involving packet preferencing, content blocking, traffic shaping, and musings about premium charges for faster content downloads. Uh, we cannot get to Michael Geist's uh, article yet <laughs> because yeah, it's being slashed out. Totally slashed out. Um, so we don't know. So basically the short version is that we don't know if they're talking about more than Bell South and SBC. That's really the thing we want to find out. Right. But, but I suspect that if those ISPs just because they haven't necessarily been as public as SBC and Bell South doesn't necessarily mean they're not behind it. Meanwhile, something going on over in Texas has our eyebrow raised because a couple of companies <laughs> are planning to offer high-speed internet over the power grid. Now, this isn't just uh, internet over your power lines at home where mm-hmm. you plug your, your DSL or your cable modem into your power lines. They would offer it over the grid. Right. So anybody who gets electricity could conceivably buy some equipment and take advantage of this. This is pretty big. It's pretty interesting. Powerline networking hasn't really taken off. I'm not sure why. I, I think probably because the Wi-Fi standards and stuff are so well established now and it's pretty easy that it doesn't it doesn't provide an immediate benefit. But if it's something that could then basically bring high speed internet to your house just over the power line, maybe I don't know. Maybe it helps it take off. It would be interesting because uh, on the on the one hand, it helps them monitor their grid mm-hmm. because they have this network going on and it can send alerts immediately if part of the grid goes out. Right. Uh, which is one reason they want to do it. But the other is to lease it to broadband ISPs who could then uh, really help broadband penetration because you can go to people and say, hey, all you got to do is buy this this piece of equipment from me and plug it into the wall. Yeah. And you have the Internet. I know. See, I like that. We don't have to do any weird, like, we don't have to mess with your phone lines. We don't have to, I mean, cable modems are almost that easy, right? If you already have cable, you just plug it into the cable wall. So it's similar to that. But It says about 50 utilities across the country are looking into the broadband power line networking, Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy. Because there, well, there's already an infrastructure there for delivery. There is, and it's then, just a matter of how much speed you can get. And out then of it. suddenly you have utilities in charge of that infrastructure, which is also kind of. Well, it's kind of like the phone companies, like the except, phone companies, yeah. Except it's a it's a different utility market, and but, maybe less evil. Although yeah, I don't know. Here power, in California, we do not trust the <laughs> power companies <laughs> at all. They'll have a ten tiered internet system before we know it. We want to congratulate Bill Gates. <laughs> on uh, winning person of the year, according to Time Magazine. Actually, it was Bill and, I believe, Bill and Melinda Gates. Yeah, it's actually Bill, Melinda, and Bono. And Bono? <laughs> because what? everything these days is and Bono. Oh, okay. It's just the law. <laughs> they have to say yeah. and Bono. Yeah, it's a new international <laughs> regulation. Well, it's for philanthropic oh, oh, works. and Bono. Yeah, it's like when the computer was person of the year. Yes. It's more about the concept than the person. But philan- So philanthropic works, as embodied by Bill, Melinda, and Bono, mm-hmm. are what's being named. Bill Time Melinda. Magazine is just so weird with this person of the year stuff. They, it is they've really gone strange. off the trippy end. Previous honorees have included Albert Einstein, Rud- Rudolf Giuliani, Giuliani yep, George him. W. Bush, and Adolf Hitler, and Joseph Stalin. Well, you know... People, uh, an individual or group of individuals who have had the biggest impact on the year's news. That's And that's that's the one thing people forget is that this isn't a necessarily an honorarium. Right. It's not always a it's good thing. It's not saying 
good on you. It's saying you had the biggest impact. And of course, Adolf Hitler right. had a huge impact. You can't and deny in, that. In some cases, it means that they did a good thing, but not always. And it's kind of interesting. The year that they named the PC, the machine of the year, was 1982. They had been looking to um, tap Apple chief Steve Jobs as the person of the year. I'm reading this on the register. But, quote, the reporter doing the piece decided this would be impossible after hearing so many horror stories about Jobs, according to Apple co-founder Steve Wozniak. So the magazine gave the nod so, to the box instead. So Stalin could be person of the year, but not Steve Jobs. Yeah, but Steve Jobs is too big of a <laughs> that jerk. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I buy that. All right, we got a phone call from Mike in upstate New York uh, commenting on Wikipedia. Tom and Molly, enjoy the podcast. My name is Mike from upstate New York, back at SUNY Brockport. I talked to you while I left a message earlier, but this is about Wikipedia. I know I'm a little bit behind, but there's a report in the BBC News that talked about the the infallibility of Wikipedia, or more basically said the fact that Wikipedia has just as many errors as the Encyclopedia Britannica. We actually at SUNY Brockport are having a huge problem now. Do we accept Wikipedia as, as a source or do we not accept it? How do you cite it? And so on. But at least in my classes that I teach, and for the most part, all of the younger professors in our department believe that Wikipedia is a perfectly valid source when grouped with other sources. Great thing. Number two has to do with Google Print. Frankly, how many times have I opened a book and I wanted to control F the entire book? It's great, it's wonderful, and I want to let you know, at least on an academic level, from what we're experiencing here in mighty SUNY Brockport, that we're accepting it. We're welcoming the change, and we're actually finding citation styles and a way of using Google Print and Wikipedia to incorporate it into the inevitability. It's going to happen. So, just a thought. Thanks for the podcast. Bye. See, now that's interesting. Um, the we often talk about this stuff and don't think about the academic side of things. Mm-hmm. One comment I wanted to make about Wikipedia was that apparently after that initial study came out that said Wikipedia had on average one more error per entry than Britannica, some other guys, and I could Google this and be more specific and maybe I'll do that tomorrow, um, went and expanded on the study and found that on average Wikipedia's entries are some percentage longer but almost all of them are longer, say 40% longer than Britannica's entries. So word for word, Wikipedia was actually more accurate. I think this is taking on the outline of a religious debate, yeah. which pretty much means that Wikipedia is still very useful. Yes. And, and, but not perfect. Not perfect, nor is the, you know, it's exactly. almost like it's as useful as the encyclopedia. There's another so. company getting uh, funding to go after Wikipedia with some kind of private model where they have like, the actual contributors are verified, but it still works in that wiki way. Yeah, whatever. We'll see what happens with No. That. Phone call from Andrew in Canada on mixed CDs. Hi, Tom, Molly, Veronica. It's Andrew from Canada calling. I just wanted to, I was listening to your, four, your show from the 14th. So I've got two things to point out. Well, I was listening to your show on the 14th, and, and, I'm, and I'm crushed with Veronica's statement that, you know, mixed CDs don't count anymore. How about if you put a mashup that you do yourself on them? Does that show you care? Because I was thinking, because that's one of the things I'm doing for for my wife for Christmas. So, anyways, the other key point was that I just want to say that I am ready to be assimilated by Google. They have, with their latest thing that they came out with last week, with mobile mail, on my PDA, I don't need ActiveSync much anymore at all. I can get all my email directly on there. I don't need to rely on the ActiveSync program and Outlook. Outlook is pretty much not used anymore on my machine. I've almost completely switched over to Gmail, to Trumba for calendaring, and for uh, Tada list or backpack for my to-do list because they've done it all for me and it works 
amazingly well. I read something on my mobile device, it's immediately synced on my Gmail online. Google, I await the takeover. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Great show. Bye. Aw, that's, that's a very nice Christmas present. I didn't really it mean it in a in like a in that kind of way. Like you, I just meant that you know. You didn't mean, awesome. mean mixed CDs were just part no, of the past. I didn't mean they're past. bad, or I didn't mean that they're passe or anything like that. I just mean that you know it's a progression from when people used to take a lot of time to make a cassette and you know, put a lot of effort into that and recording it onto the cassette individually, mm-hmm. and now it's a little easier because you can just drag MP3s onto a disc and make mm. it. But, you know, it all matters what kind of effort you the put into it. The thought is still that's there. That's what shows, you know, how much you care. And if you're making a mashup CD for your wife, I think that's really adorable. It is. And that's it's really super cute. Sweet. So you haven't ruined Christmas? I'm, I'm not Scrooge, am I? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. He's going to be assimilated by his Google overlords anyway. Aren't we all? <laughs> and then he'll be Scrooge with them. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what service this he's talking about with Google because I don't use the mail uh, and stuff, but it sounds pretty cool. Gmail for mobile at Gmail the end of last mobile. week. Yeah, yeah we, it works. Oh. Mm-hmm. It you, works. You get cool. your Gmail on you your mobile plan, phone. Which I don't. Well, oh. it works if you don't have a data plan. It just costs you a bunch. Oh. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Phil in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, with a call about podcast winning word of the year. Hey, Tom, Molly, Veronica. This is Phil calling from Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, responding to your last episode on December 16th, where you mentioned that podcast was the word of the year for 2005. You also mentioned some of the ones that it beat out. However, you left off my personal favorite and uh, probably Molly's favorite as well. Uh, one of the other contenders was Rootkit, and I thought that was just pretty funny because no one even heard of the word, word Rootkit until about two months ago with the whole Sony CD thing, and I know how much Molly is a fan of that. So you guys do an awesome show. Thanks. See you later. Eh, Rootkit. Good one, Phil. Funny. <laughs> funny. Bunch of emails, one from Meetle in Madison, Wisconsin, responding to our discussion of uh, the electrostatic gloves that allow you to operate your iPod in the cold. I love this. And he says, it's not quite as cold in Madison as Alaska, but uh, he suggests instead of using some fancy electrostatic gloves, why not just use your nose? <laughs> because then you get snot on your iPod. Ski mask. <laughs> I got my ski mask on. I can't use my nose. I can't use my, yeah. Just really long playlists, guys. Really long. Then you don't need to do that when you're outside. How long are you spending outside when it's like two degrees? Normalize the volume, too, so you're not having to play with that. Yeah, totally. Like we're going to eventually do with our phone calls. Um, we have, we're introducing a new segment today, The Buzzkill. <laughs> Melissa sent an email in response to the discussion of e-paper on cereal boxes. Yeah, Veronica and I got really excited about the idea of people flying around on the face of a cereal box. It is pretty sweet. We got a little carried away. Very Harry yeah. Potter. Melissa Buzz kills you guys. The technology is not ready to support actual video or animated sequences. The colors could be made to flash on and off, and a crude three-frame animation might, might work. But as for actual wizards flying around playing Quidditch, I think it's still a few years away at least. But it's coming. Couldn't, I know. Couldn't they do animated GIFs kind of in there? Maybe. Apparently not. I don't know. You Melissa know was a Harry Potter fan and got really excited about this until she looked into yes, it. Yes. I say cling to hope. She killed our buzz. Um, from Dean, I'm going to buzzkill Dean, actually. Uh, he sent us an email about the do not call registry for cell phones. He said, this seems legit, worth taking 30 seconds to do. Now, I bring this up because I have gotten this email from like 175 of my e- my family members. It says, all cell phone numbers will be released to telemarketing companies, blah, blah, blah. You'll start to receive sales calls. You'll be charged for the minutes used for these calls. To prevent this, call the following number from your cell phone. Do not call list. No, 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 no. Um... It's a myth. It's an okay. urban myth. So I have never seen this email personally. 
Really? But if you get it, so oh, what I you're saying is, if you time. get an email saying you must pa- call this number to get off get off the telemarketers list, yeah, it's a myth. It's just not true. There isn't a, a do not call list, and I don't think that it's going to be released. If you go to Snopes.com and search for do not call cell phone, you'll read all about why it's just not true. Snopes.com. So where does the is, number go? Oh, it's probably a telemarketing number to verify your, <laughs> probably. your your information and put you on a list. The claim basically is that this upcoming directory will make all cell phone numbers available to tel- telemarketing. I think the number is not fake. There is a do not call list. Yeah, you no, can I've heard of that before. It. And telemarketers already have access to every telephone number in the country otherwise. Exactly. And so you should be on it anyway. The like big, you should get on the do not call list and register all of your call. Your where do you get on the it. actual do not call list? I think it is do not call.gov. Okay. But it's not the phone number that's in the, the, the spam that goes around. It, it may. Just, no, I, no, I think even that phone number is legit for the do not call registry. Okay, it's, just it's just that they're not this, this whole idea that you have to do it now and that the stuff is going to be released and you're going to start getting inundated with calls on your cell phone. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Want to get on the do not call list. It's a great idea, but yes, but yeah. this other whole thing just no. Don't forward me that. I just pretend to be dumb when they call me. <laughs> uh, no comment. Shout out to, uh-huh, not much pretending. I get it. <laughs> uh, I didn't say you did. Shout out to Amit uh, on the Frapper map. He says, buzz out loud makes traffic jams an absolute joy. And Amit is in Bangalore, India. So he knows from traffic jams, man. <laughs> yeah. I've seen video of that. If we can make that a joy, then, then we have done our jobs here. All right, give us a call, 1-800-616-CNET. You can email us, buzz at cnet.com, and join our forums at forums.cnet.com. Look for the Buzz Out Loud Lounge. That's it for us today. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.